0: You're invited to our second annual Winter Women's Retreat, A Slumber Party. Did you know that Black women are often the gatekeepers and teachers of culture, memory, and legacy, particularly of the Black family? While on the journey to preparing for a love and life partner, and even more so if you're already partnered or married, I encourage Black women to create a community and cultivate sisterhood with other Black women first. We need each other. Retreat tickets are now available for the first 10 guests at MatchMerryMate.com. Join us in Asheville, North Carolina for a sacred and spiritual retreat with other black women who know how to act. Hope to see you in the mountains. Greetings, you're listening to the Match Mary Mate Show podcast where Black women learn how to get their love lives together. Here I guide you on your dating and relationship journey, empower you with feminine presence, power, and charm, teach you how to navigate and negotiate your needs and desires with men. I'm your host, your girl, Joyce Robinson Myers, and welcome to our fifth pop-up episode, First, let's begin with the power of affirmation. We start every episode with an affirmation as a way to center self, listen to the body and honor our spirit. Ask yourself, how are you today? What moods, feelings or emotions come up? Use that energy to speak life, wholeness and healing over yourself using the power of your own voice. speaking into existence with an I or I am. I am fruitful. I am fertile. I am fortunate. The title of today's show is Fun Girl Summer Fertility Edition. A few weeks ago, I released the Client Story and Dating Edition shows to demonstrate ways to date. And last week, I released the Wives Edition to give insights on how to be married. And today, I'm bringing you the Fertility Edition to talk about mating. So throughout our Fun Girl Summer Series, we have covered Match, Marry, Mate. The details of this story are not fun, but the outcome is. And since my fertility journey qualifies as my spiritual experience on our fun girl summer wish list, I'm sharing it as part of this series. Now it also reveals some of my spiritual tensions as I attempted to make sense of why a spiritual pattern that I have always known did not manifest to form during this process. I wanna give you a trigger warning here. While I generally speak about fertility in a positive light and will continue to do so as I share my story today, it does include unsuccessful attempts at getting pregnant. And if that's too much for you right now, just skip this episode. Now, though you will hear some of my emotions, I am not as emotionally attached to IVF as I know a lot of women can be. So I'm not digging into the pain of it so much, but of course you will hear moments of disappointment and bouts of resistance and anger. I wanna be sensitive to women who are going through an infertility journey or who need lots of scientific support in order to become pregnant. That has never been my story. I have two biological children that I had the good old-fashioned way. And in deciding to remarry, IVF became a point of conversation as a way of possibly preparing for family planning, as you'll hear in today's show. I'm sharing my IVF journey because... As a woman who serves other Black women, fertility and the desire to be a mother comes up quite often. And with women delaying childbirth by the most years in human history, this day and age, the urgency they feel by the time they reach their mid-30s becomes so pronounced in my coaching work with them. By 35, I recommend at least a consult and basic exam with the fertility specialist Just to get a lay of the land with where you are with your egg count, egg quality, and the health and strength of your reproductive organs. If you even think you want to have children or more children. Now I'm saying that to women, black women in particular, but if you happen to be a man and you're listening, I would recommend the same thing for you. I found out so much um, about sperm the motility, the fertility It was so many things. So a nice checkup doesn't help. But of course, I cannot speak to the male experience. I do not have male organs. So I'm going to talk to the ladies. As a woman who's undergone the process several times, I'm happy to be a resource or a hand of support for any of my clients undergoing this process or thinking about it or planning to do it. Just let me know littered within my fertility story, you'll hear how I had to consider certain things, negotiate other things, and then collaborate with my husband in our decision to marry and within our marriage as we took this journey. I give high-level details to this part because my marriage is only between me and my husband, but you'll get the gist of it. If you tuned into the wives edition of this series. Cross-reference where effective communication and negotiation become important skills to know how to use in marriage. If you're a non-married listener, especially if you're one of my clients, I hope you hear why I am adamant about teaching you these skills, even in your dating practices. The more you can use them in dating, the stronger your skills will be in marriage and before you really need them, which protects your marriage so much. Within marriage, you want more prevention than intervention. For us, Jeremiah and I brought these skills to our relationship and we've worked to perfect them more and more over time and with each other. We're certainly not perfect, but we're not sloppy or messy or undeveloped either. We're not even at the stage of marriage where it's absolutely necessary yet to have these skills. But that's the point, right? I share my details on IVF itself Because while the journey I went through to get here certainly has been physically daunting, it has stretched my spiritual muscles the most. In my negotiations and collabs with my husband, I hope you hear that what? Black love matters. While we were dating, I was vocal that on my own, I didn't desire more children but that I could do it for the right man. And still, I was only open to one baby and that I was in no position to give a man a family, meaning 2.5 children or more. So my husband knew from the time that we dated, I was transparent and honest, and I was completely okay with any of my romantic interests at the time walking away from our connection because they wanted more than I wanted to give. But Jeremiah stayed. He also knew... I had tied my tubes after I gave birth to my youngest child. I remember explaining to him the difference between a barren woman and an infertile woman. And basically, I wanted him to understand that while I was not going to become pregnant via sex anymore, I could still have a baby. And, but if I wanted to have a baby, it was going to need scientific support. My tubes were gone, but my ovaries still intact and I have good reproductive numbers. I made sure of this when I ordered my tubal. I asked what procedure I could have that eliminated the possibility of pregnancy via sex but not take away my ability to bear children should I want more. I was very certain then (laughs) that I did not want any more but I still did not want to take away my full ability to do so. So the doctor told me about a tubal and that the only way to get pregnant after was through IVF. I thought it was a good deal, and I went on my way. Today, I'd say I made the right choice. I was over being pregnant, and since that day in 2009, I have never really desired more all on my own anyway. At some point during our exclusivity, I explained to my husband what fertility would reasonably look like for a 35-year-old woman. That was my age once we became engaged. We thought it was responsible to visit a fertility clinic before we married to understand our numbers and our options. So this was early 2021. We went into marriage with this info because the last thing I wanted was for him to wish he had made a choice with all the information. So I put the information in his hands and my hands at the same time. So we were making an informed decision. And you will have to marry me understanding what the reproductive reality is for both of us individually and even together before we jump this broom. Now, Jeremiah was not 100% sold on having a child and I wasn't raising my hand to have one either, but I was willing. I had some caveats though. I didn't want to be pregnant after 38 and I really didn't want to do more than one round, but was willing to push myself One or two more times, maybe, so up to three. And three is an important number to me, and you'll find out why a little bit later in the show. We decided to enjoy being newly married for a spell. And then in late 2021, I went through my first round. Ultimately, it was unsuccessful. For this round, we had chosen a fresh transfer which means the doctor implanted the fertilized egg into my uterus as soon as it was mature enough for it. In its successful round, it would have resulted in a pregnancy two weeks later, and that did not happen. I immediately knew I'd likely have to do this again, and I was not happy about it. At this point, I'm 36, so we still have time, but not a lot. So we took some time to reset and then geared up for round two at the same clinic in January 2022. We followed a similar meds regimen as the first with some slight modifications to the treatment plan to give us more success. We opted for a fresh transfer again, and it was unsuccessful. To give some context here... The day that a woman's eggs are ready and mature enough to be retrieved from her ovaries is the day that she undergoes a surgical procedure called egg retrieval. You're put to sleep with a needle guided by a camera. It enters the ovaries to retrieve all the eggs. When you wake up, the doctor tells you how many eggs they were able to retrieve and how many are viable. Y'all, that was an entire biology and reproductive lesson for me. I thought the number of eggs that were retrieved was the number of eggs that were going to be fertilized. But sometimes an egg is just too immature. They took it out because it looked good enough on the camera. And then once they actually got it in the lab, it's just too immature to do anything with, Or it's not really viable. It doesn't have a good quality to be fit for fertilization in life. Then they will tell you how many are mature for fertilization. And they tell you the same day and how many are too immature for same-day fertilization. Now, just because you have some eggs that are too immature for fertilization the day of your procedure, they could survive the next day, sometimes the following, and be mature enough to fertilize then. So when you wake up from this procedure, you're gonna find out how many eggs were retrieved, how many were viable, and how many were immediately mature for same day fertilization, and how many that they project will be mature enough for like next day fertilization. So once the eggs are fertilized, the cell begins multiplying and you want them to continue to multiply until they reach this stage of maturity called blastocyst. Once they make it there, they are ripe enough to be either implanted directly if you're doing that fresh transfer or to be frozen and people freeze for a variety of reasons. So when I say that I had a fresh transfer twice, We had blastocysts that were implanted into my uterus directly. I even opted to implant two of them at a time in the second round to increase our odds. And it still did not result in a pregnancy. And my 37th birthday was just two months away. Now we are confused and upset and we want answers from our clinic. And this is where I think the difference between being a man and being a woman is. Now, I don't want to reduce the male experience because I don't really know what that looks like. However, I would go out on a limb and say I was more upset because it's my body. I'm the one having to get all of this work done on me. And when you get to the last maybe mm, five to seven days, it's incessant. It's a lot going on. So the doctors were not very hopeful, were reassuring with their information. It made no sense that two reproductively healthy people, one who would already given live birth before, were not getting to the finish line here. So we decided to switch clinics, which meant that I would have to do a third round. And y'all, my heart sank. I hated the injections and the meds, I hated the incessant blood work and transvaginal ultrasounds. Before, I thought my two pregnancies were severe overtakings of my body, and this felt much worse. I just wanted to have my body back, and I think it was worse because I was taking all the impact just for the sheer possibility with no guarantee. At least when I was carrying my children, I knew I had babies that could be born. So I had a serious talk with my husband because I wanted to check in with how badly he wanted a child. I needed to be convinced by his sheer desire because just a maybe was no longer going to cut it for me. He was still not 100%, but he didn't want to give up on the option and my eggs were only getting older. I needed a small break after round two, but we didn't have a lot of time. So I said, listen, just let me enjoy my birthday month. And I'll do the third round in July. So in July, 2022, I started my third round of IVF with the new clinic. This doctor gave us more hope and more science and drafted a new treatment plan. My meds were different. She even had Jeremiah on a male fertility cocktail. Listen, I liked her more already just for that. The last doctor placed all the onus on me for the most part, and this doctor equally saw two people who contributed to baby making. The emotional relief there was worth the decision to choose her all on its own for me at the time. Now, two things about this clinic was different from the last. They do not do fresh transfers, so there was no chance of being pregnant in two weeks post implantation and all blastocysts are genetically graded and tested. Now, we had no issue getting to the blastocyst stage when we were doing fresh transfers, so we figured we'd have no issue here. The issue was getting the blastocysts to develop into an embryo with the positive pregnancy test. Because of this clinic's procedures, this also meant that we'd be waiting an additional two to three weeks to know the results of the genetic testing. I had my retrieval right around the time I started grad school. So it was like late summer 2022 and it was unsuccessful. Actually, this felt doubly unsuccessful because while our fertile babies, as I like to call them, while our fertile babies fertilized and multiplied well for the first few days, none of them made it to the mature blastocyst stage. they needed to be able to survive freezing. At least at the other clinic, our fertile babies matured enough to move to the next step in the process. I was so crushed because I'm doing all this work and it's not amounting to anything. And that just bothers me in general. And yes, I understand that that can be an outcome of the work. And I gladly and willingly accepted it going into it it's still hard to hear that your labor is not producing fruit. Okay, lovebugs, I need to pause here for a quick break. When I return, I'll pick up right where we left off. Are you looking to get your love life together? You're tired of not having the tools or community you need to navigate these dating and relationship streets. Well, honey, let's take some accountability, do our work, and be in the place to reap all the benefits. I invite you to become a Love Lady member and officially join the Match Mary Mate community. You can choose your specific dating and relationship package to work with me. You'll have access to digital resources, video trainings, coaching content, course materials, and even the opportunity to live stream with me with certain packages. If this sounds like something you want, be sure to join today because I'd love to have you. Visit CoachJoyce.com to get started. I want to see your face in the play. You're invited to our second annual winter women's retreat, A Slumber Party, Did you know that Black women are often the gatekeepers and teachers of culture, memory, and legacy, particularly of the Black family? While on the journey to preparing for a love and life partner, and even more so if you're already partnered or married, I encourage Black women to create a community and cultivate sisterhood with other Black women first. We need each other. Retreat tickets are now available for the first 10 guests at MatchMerryMate.com. Join us in Asheville, North Carolina for a sacred and spiritual retreat with other black women who know how to act. Hope to see you in the mountains. Welcome back, lovebugs. We're picking up on the devastating feelings of my third unsuccessful IVF round. At this point, I was not even hurt. I was angry because all of this work had led to nothing but nothingness, it seemed. Also, three was my max number, and I was nervous about a Mexican standstill in my marriage where I refused IVF while my husband pushed for it to happen. Then it hit me that Jeremiah has never not respected my no, and I realized that he would accept me saying, I don't want to do this to my body anymore. And I was satisfied for a moment until I realized at what cost. Would he be secretly wishing that I had? Mourning the loss of some imagined child later? As I was healing from this procedure, I wasn't ready to deal with all the emotions and possibilities. But it caused me to chill on refusing the round. I didn't want to have a posture of absolutely not. I did need time. I needed time and more time. And I also needed the doctor to lay out a plan covering why she thought this happened again. I was recently 37. And even though fall was approaching, I was thinking about my June birthday for next year. I planned my pregnancy so that I wouldn't have to be pregnant during my birthday. So I was not about to lose celebrating my birthday due to no IVF. So this process is quick but brutal. And you cannot travel once the injections start. And I just didn't want to deal with it for my birthday. There was only one issue. My next birthday was number 38. Not only did I not want to be pregnant beyond 38, but it's also the age when the female body begins to decline in egg quality. Now, of course, you still have good eggs. Women become pregnant after 38 all the time. I just didn't want to be. So I was bummed. And I was highly disappointed on a spiritual level because three is my magic number. Usually when I try something, I get it the first time in the first round. First place and first time have dominated both my reality and spirituality. So it's fair to say that it's a core part of my identity too now. I'm a firstborn, born on the first day of the week. It doesn't get more first place than me. But nobody bats 100, not even the firstborns of the world. But to keep it a buck in the times where I failed in the first round, I've usually been able to get my way in the second round. And when that fails, I've always batted perfectly by three. Ones, twos, and threes work for me. It's what I know. Like this is what me and the most high do. This is how me and the universe interact. And no, those two are not the same for me. So why is this happening to me? Why switch up the game on me when my whole life has been centered on ones, twos, and threes? I mean, I was born first. There goes my one. On the second day, there goes my two. On the Gregorian calendar, my birth falls at six, which is still two threes. But on God's calendar, if you know, you know, it's the third month and there goes my three. I felt spiritually betrayed because I have never in my life needed to make a fourth attempt at anything. It felt like an existential crisis where the gods tested me beyond my limit. I thought about the possibility of it working for the fourth time, and I just winced because what the heck is four? I don't even know for it like that. Talk about a huge feel and chill. Jeremiah and I have our private relationship retreat every November, and it was then and there that we discussed a fourth round. I wish I could tell you all the details of the conversation and the decision for you to really get it, but I can't. So I'll just say that I agreed to do the fourth round in exchange for something else on my husband's end. We left our retreat, settled on the idea, and started conversations with our doctor for a new treatment plan. She changed so much from the last plan, believing she had spotted the issue after studying all of the previous ones collectively and in hindsight. I had a birthday trip planned through June 8th, 2023, and I needed that 6-month time frame to recover from the failure of round 3. So, I decided that I would do my fourth round once I returned from Mexico, June 2023. I was 38. I set the time of my retrieval to happen right around the full moon. And it was scheduled the day before the full moon was to come in. Y'all talk about spiritual elation. I was so happy about the spiritual alignment there. Said my prayers one final time because I could not bear to do this again to my body. And I drifted off under the anesthesia. The full moon is a period of release for the earth and its inhabitants. So it was the perfect time of the month to be letting go of this process and releasing my eggs for fertilization. When I woke up, they told me I had 11 eggs retrieved, but only eight of them were viable. Now, three of them were mature enough to fertilize the same day. So that's what they did. And they were already growing well. Four were too immature for same day fertilization but should ripen overnight. That was their projection. And they were headed for fertilization the day of that report. And then one had degenerated. So we have seven growing fertile babies now. The next day, so we're on day three now from the retrieval day. The report was all eggs were multiplying and growing well. And my final count towards blastocyst was seven. At this point, the daily calls stop because there's nothing to talk about until those eggs become a blastocyst. And that is like five days away. So I had to wait the week out. Lord, please let there be blastocysts. I wanted that to echo, like how I imagine the echo happens when it says, let there be light. I'm like, Lord, let there be blastocysts. So on day five, the nurse calls and says, We have blastocysts, and they're sending them off for testing. While I'm overjoyed, and Lord knows I was, you can't get too happy here because you're still not out of the woods because those fertile babies could have genetic abnormalities that disqualify them from freezing. So I didn't pray for an outcome here. I don't tend to pray for something to happen more than once, and I hardly ever pray for anything of happenstance at all. My usual position is to trust the what is in any event, but I will recenter or refocus my faith in what I believe or in what I want to believe and my trust that it will happen for me. So I didn't pray for an outcome here. I simply trusted that my fourth round would be my final round because we'd have at least one, but hopefully two to three healthy fertile babies. With renewed faith and trust, I entered the three week waiting window for the test results. The reason I hope for two to three fertile babies here Is because 10 viable eggs at retrieval after all the inevitable scientific and genetic drop-off usually equals two to three fertilized and mature eggs that can later become babies. So that's what I set my heart for. In our story, 11 viable eggs turned into two viable embryos in the fourth round. We give thanks to the most high. But I don't ever want to have to do anything four times again. (laughs) And we are very grateful for our family and community who supported us over the past two years. Now, I'll spare all my biblical numerology knowledge here, but I'll end with one interpretation of the meaning behind the number four. Four is a powerful number standing for Endurance and persistence. And boy, did that fourth round require both out of me. In a Hebraic understanding, we also understand four to represent a door. And I'll leave you to interpret that however you like. Now, while the entire process was not always fun, the results have certainly brought gladness to my spirit. And so that final round goes down as my spiritual experience for fun girl summer 2023. One of my intentions for this year reads, I will complete my fourth round of IVF. I am fruitful. I show up for my husband. I don't know if we'll actually use our embryos to have our own child but I did want to offer my husband the existential peace of mind he wanted. And I did that right at 38. So say la. As the old folks say, I did my part. It's above me now. We end every episode with thought or heart provoking questions for your journal. Journaling is simply prayers on paper and the most high tends to those too. Dear listener, what process are you undergoing that you really want to pay off for you? How are you taking care of yourself throughout it? Which part of your life or body is the most tried? How will it feel when it comes to pass? Embrace those feelings now. It's okay to write about the blessings and the burdens. Pour it into your journal today release yourself, free yourself, and most of all, be yourself. P.S. No woman is better at being you than you. I leave you with the words of an ancestor today. Nelson Mandela once said, it always seems impossible until it's done. Now I am done and it is possible. I hope that encourages you today. Thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of the Match Mary Mate show. If you have a question, you can reply to the show's prompt right inside your podcast app, or you can send us an email at podcast at matchmarymate.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe, comment, or rate. Your support would just melt my Southern girl heart. Until our next time together, love, light, and relationship. Remember, we grow as we go. Cheers are you looking to get your love life together you're tired of not having the tools or community you need to navigate these dating and relationship streets Well, honey, let's take some accountability, do our work, and be in the place to reap all the benefits. I invite you to become a Love Lady member and officially join the Match Mary Mate community. You can choose your specific dating and relationship package to work with me. You'll have access to digital resources, video trainings, coaching content, course materials, and even the opportunity to live stream with me with certain packages. If this sounds like something you want, be sure to join today because I'd love to have you. Visit coachjoyce.com to get started. I want to see your face in the play.